We have the last film in my Universal Monster series, the first talky horror film from Universal, 1931's Dracula. I am Eric Lewis, and this is Horror Spoop. As always, I am Eric Lewis. This is Horror Spoop, and we have a wonderful classic film, and also the film that gave Bela Lugosi his iconic status. Dracula came out February 14th, 1931, a perfect way to spend your Valentine's Day. Remember, last week Frankenstein was in November of 1931. Two successes in one year is awesome to me. This film had a budget of $355,000 and a bring back of $700,000. It can be considered a success. It is definitely to me. The director of this wonderful classic is Todd Browning. Films that he has directed are The Unknown from 1927. Lon Chaney Sr. is in that, a.k.a. the dad of the Wolfman. A film called Freaks, also from 1932. Freaks, I hear, is also is a pretty iconic film. I personally have not seen it. We also have an uncredited director, Carl Frund, which we have already talked about in a film earlier this series. But which movie? The Mummy from 1932. That's the one. And to think I was dumb. <laughs> crazy anyways the writers for this film is the great Bram Stoker Bram Stoker wrote Dracula in the in the 1890s my fault and published it in 1897 Stoker used a bunch of influence from Transylvanian folklore it's a wonderful novel that I never finished reading if I had all the books that I haven't finished reading into a pile I would have a serious fire hazard on my hands also writing goes to the play that was adapted by John Botterston, who is also another dude that we have heard of. Frankenstein and the Mummy from 1931 and 1932. I have to say I didn't really ask that time. Touche! Alright, moving right along. This summary is from another anonymous author, so you know who you are. Anyway, here we... Transylvanian vampire Count Dracula bends a naive real estate agent to his will, then takes up residence at a London estate where he sleeps in his coffin by day and searches for potential victims by night. Honestly, that's a perfect w summary that doesn't give away a lot. A reminder to the listeners, hey, I do pick summaries from my listeners, and I will call you by name because I care. 
what your name is. I do appreciate you for listening. So let's keep it going. Now on to our cast. The main caped bat, Bella Lugosi, is Count Dracula, the iconic vampire and actor who has graced us with his presence in movies like The Black Cat from 1934, Island of the Lost Souls from 1932, and Bride of the Monster from 1955. So a little older there. He is a huge part of horror history, and we are very, very, very appreciative to to him on this here podcast. Next, we have Dwight Fry, who plays Renfield, the unfortunate real estate agent. Also, he is the doctor's hunchbacked helper on Frankenstein. I don't know why I said f- there for a second. That's my fault. To find out what movies that you can see him in, you actually need to go check out the episode before this one, if you so want to. Next, we have the lovely lady of the name Helen Chandler, who plays Mina. This wonderful actress can be found in films like Goodbye Again from 1933, Outward Bound from 1930, and also Mr. Bog Steps Out from 1938. Next, we have an actor who we have heard of before in the Mummy episode, David Manners, who plays John Harker and has some good movies for you to check out. You can find those films in the Mummy episode. Moving along to another actor that we have had on another episode, actually two episodes of this series. Edward Van Sloan can be found in this movie as Van Helsing in this film. And you can find his films that he's done in that Mummy episode. I really want you to go check it out because those are wonderful classic films that I think you would love if you checked out. Next, this is how I feel about the film. This is my favorite film. Bela Lugosi is really showing off this and revolutionizing the Dracula character. Renfield is an awesome character who goes freaking crazy, and I believe the best acting from this character, Renfield, is after he has started going crazy. His eyes are incredibly creepy as well. Dracula is more suave and also very mysterious. The look of Bela Lugosi's eyes throughout the film will really weird you out. The acting, the score, the scares, everything about this film is top notch. Make sure to watch this Universal Monster film. I don't believe that you would really be sorry. All right. So I actually high put this as the highest rating of the films, 8.5 out of 10. After the episode, I will spat out the ratings from best to least of the series. So make sure to stay around. We're about to have an ad break from anchor, and then we will be back with some filming location and then some trivia as well. All right. See ya. And we are back at it. Make sure to tell me if you have a podcast and I'll follow it. We only have one filming location other than the Universal Backlot, Vasquez Rock Natural Area Park in Aqua Dolce, California, which is used for the Borgo Pass in the film Dracula. So make sure to pay attention and then go into the real world. See if you can line up some shots with that film. We'll get into some trivia, 
And some of that might make you make it harder to find backgrounds because they did paintings of backgrounds. But we'll get more into it. Now let's get into that. In the scene where Dracula and Renfield are traveling to London by boat, the footage shown is borrowed from a universal silent film called The Stormbreaker from 1925. Silent films were projected at a different frames per second speed from that later adopted for sound films, accounting for the jerky movements and the quicker than normal action of these shots. Among the living creatures seen in Dracula's castle in Transylvania are possums, armadillos, and an insect known as the Jerusalem Cricket. This insect was common in Southern California, which may explain its cameo in the film. The inclusion of armadillos was due to the fact that armadillos had occasionally been digging in graveyards, which led to the mistaken belief that they would dig their way into coffins and eat cadavers, which apparently is not true. The original release featured an epilogue with Edward Van Sloan talking to the audience about what they have just seen. This was removed for the 1936 re-release and is now assumed to be lost. The later Frankenstein 1931 similarly copied this model by featuring a prologue. I'm glad that they stayed with the prologue in Frankenstein. I think it fit really well for this. I do not really think that it would have fit well for this film to have an epilogue like it did. So I am glad that they got rid of it. But also, if anyone knows where I can find that epilogue and that no one else apparently knows, please let me know. You do know where to find me. You know, socials and whatnot. Dracula's castle was painted on glass in front of the camera. The coach traveling along the road in, like, past the castle was real. But the castle in the background was not real. It was a painting. And that was a mighty, mighty good painting. So, impressive work to the artist for sure. And hats off to all you artists out there. I love you all so much. Dracula never once blinks his eyes, an effect that enhances the undead character's unworldly aura, abetted by Bela Lugosi's famous men menacing stare. Also, cinematographer Carl Frund, who we've heard of, achieved the effect of Dracula's hypnotic stare by aiming two pencil spotlights into the actor Bela Lugosi's eyes. Didn't I already bring up how creepy Bela Lugosi's eyes are in this film? Yes, you did already bring that up. Thank you. I thought so. Although it was his most famous role, Bela Lugosi played Dracula only once more on screen in the comedy Abbott and Costello Meets Frankenstein in 1948. However, he played Dracula-like characters in movies such as The Return of the Vampire in 1943. There is no real musical soundtrack in this film because it is believed that the sound being such a recent innovation in films, the audience would not accept hearing music in the scene with no explanation of where it is. Example, the orchestra playing off-camera when Dracula meets Mina in, at the theater. There has to be a reason for the sound, well, or they thought. 
I think a lot of the times I myself am stuck in the area era that I was born in. But it does make sense that I do think the audience could be confused, especially at the beginning with the first talky horror film like Dracula. Universal's original plan was to make a big budget adaptation of Dracula that could that would strictly adhere to the Bram Stoker novel. How after after the stock market crashed in 1929 and the beginning of the Great Depression, Universal chose not to risk an investment on such sprawling film. Instead, they adapted a much less expensive Hamilton Dean stage play. No hate to you, Hamilton Dean, because here at Horror Spoop, we happen to love the film that you inspired just the way that the film was made. So we love you for making that. When she died on the 12th of June, 2014, at the age of 104, Carla Lamel was the last surviving cast member of this film. She played the role of the, the ungainly teenage coach passenger reading the history of Transylvania out loud. She rightly claimed that she was the first woman in a talking picture to have the first line of dialogue in a horror film. And she was right. Hats off to you, Carla Lamel. You are a prototype to women in horror films, and we do appreciate you. The original Broadway production of Dracula starring Bela Lugosi opened at the Fulton Theater, sorry, Theater on October 5th, 1927 and ran for 261 performances. Also, in the original cast was Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing and Herbert Bunston as Dr. Seward. These three were the only actors from the original 1927 Broadway production to repeat their roles on film. I'm going to take one small break. I will be right back. And I am back. And we are back to trivia. When Carl Lamel moved Universal to California in 1914, a version of Dracula was one of the first projects considered. It was over 15 years before this version was actually produced. I see it this way, okay, personally. If we didn't have a bunch of foot draggers over at Universal, we could have had a Dracula that was more like the novel. And from what I've read of that... I would have liked it more for sure. And lastly, in 2020, Legendary Comics released a graphic novel adaptation of Ram Stoker's original novel, using Bela Lugosi's likeness for Dracula. The graphic novel finally put Lugosi in an adaptation of the novel, rather than the stage play the 1931 movie was based on. The graphic novel also gave Lugosi fangs for the first time. That is so awesome, and I really need to check that out and read only half of it because that's what I'm into doing. Anyway, let's talk some taglines. The original poster said Carl Lamel presents the vampire thriller. Also, in the, in the Philadelphia Inquirer from March 8th, 1931, that says, The human vampire, he comes from the grave at night, drinks living blood, bestows crimson kisses no woman can resist. And that one is personally my favorites. 
Those are the end of the taglines, which means the end of the episode, which means the end of the series. I hope you have enjoyed this series because I know I have. The ratings from best to least for this series of the Universal Monsters is... Dracula from 1931 as number one, 8.5 out of 10 from Horror Spoop. Second is Old Harry Don from 1941's The Wolfman. Third place goes to Boris Karloff in Frankenstein. And fourth, but still near and dear to our hearts, is Boris as The Mummy. As always, I am Eric Lewis, and this is Horror Spoop. I will see you around. Thank you for listening to this little here podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast, rate this podcast, and also tell your friends about this podcast. This is Horse Poople.